and the Juno Sakers will still benefit from it. It's all about making a product as simple as possible. I think we are really building the foundation for a better humanity. Hello, Dimi. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. You're one of the co-founders of Juno, right? Yeah, if you can say that. Because, you know, Juno is a community initiative and uh, probably I was one of the first one driving the project initially. And so, yeah, you can call me co-founder. I mean, people call me that. And how, how did that get started? Yeah, it's a very interesting story because I think the idea was one of the actual core one members, that is block creators, if I'm not wrong. He is the only one that it's completely anonymous. And uh, he had this idea and I uh, started basically making uh, people together in uh, a Telegram chat. And then we did a list of the things that were needed and uh, everyone was contributing with one piece. I was uh, in charge of doing like the scripts that were um, taking all the data out of Cosmos Hub to analyze it and uh, prepare for the airdrop. And what was the basic idea or what's the core idea of Juno? Yeah, the core idea is basically to have a completely permissionless chain that it's managed by the community itself without any central entity. And the focus of Juno is to have uh, smart contracts that are interoperable with each other and also with other blockchains inside the Cosmos ecosystem or the interchain. And Juno was the first, I guess, chain that had permissionless Cosmosm? Uh, I think there was already Terra, but Terra was more uh, on their own. They were doing their own chain and uh, they didn't have the IBC. So in the beginning, it was mostly Juno and Terra to have permissionless smart contract. But Juno was definitely one of the first ones to take advantage of uh, IBC uh, with smart contracts. Since there are now like, a lot more chains that have Cosmosm uh, enabled or like as part of their, their stack, what do you think is, is Juno's, ma makes Juno unique in that set of, of all the other chains with Cosmosm? Yeah, now for sure the competition is very aggressive. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of different Cosmosm enabled chains and every single chain, their own um, particularity. On Juno, I think the most important part is community. We have one of the really most engaged community out there. If you look at the governance number, they are always participating. They are always discussing everything. That's also why there is a lot of discussions every time going on. I think that's the most valuable part of Juno. And after that, you can compare. I mean, it's difficult to compare with the other blockchains, but on Juno, we have this unique thing that it's basically supporting any initiative and it doesn't matter who is proposing that. Like if you have a project, if it's good, you can come to Juno, you can get community support, you can get some help in launching your idea. We have a very great development community and uh, Jake Hartner is leading, for example, the Lead Society, that it's a collective of developers. For what kind of projects is uh, Juno made for? Is there any specific thing that Right now, the usage of blockchain is mostly DeFi, like we don't have any other big use case. I mean, DeFi and NFTs, but Juno is capable to do anything. So the current project that we are trying to attract are mostly DeFi project, only because you need those projects as building blocks for other dApps to be built. You always need a DEX, you always need a lending protocol. You need these uh, foundation blocks and on top of that, you can build other stuff. I can say everything, even in terms of performance, it's very difficult to get to the limit. So I think anything is possible. And Jake Hartner 
often calls Juno the um, incubator of the interchain. From your perspective, how does Juno play a role in Cosmos as the incubator of the interchain? So it's very, it's interesting because uh, you can see, for example, Web 2.0 incubators where they basically throw funds to as many projects as possible. And then one of these projects get uh, successful and they get money out, out of it. So you, you can see us maybe in the same way. Maybe we don't throw money to everybody, but also because the, the current funding uh, is, is not that great. So for incubator of the interchain is because you can basically develop very quickly your product using Cosm Wasm and these smart contracts. You can immediately launch on Juno and you have community support out of the box, let's say, because all the community members are very happy to always jump to the projects and if the project have a very good quality then uh, they will stay and they will use it and uh, this is uh, great to bootstrap your project to get some immediate feedback and uh, after uh, some time maybe you are on Juno after some time uh, maybe you need some liquidity you can do a token swap with the Juno DAO I mean that's just one of the things that you can do And after that, let's say maybe a few months or a few years are, pa are passed and your project is uh, very well established, you can also decide to go away from Juno and detach your project from Juno, export the, the state of your smart contracts and import somewhere else. And uh, this somewhere else can be your own custom chain or can be another Cosm Wasm enabled chain. And uh, in this way, we always have space in Juno blocks. So we will never have uh, one single application filling all the blocks. And in this way, we can incubate as many projects as possible. And uh, when it's time, you can just export, run your own chain, and the Juno stakers will still benefit from it for two reasons. Reasons one, probably we had a deal with you and uh, we have probably your tokens in our treasury and uh, we can use that tokens for anything. We can distribute uh, along with Juno second rewards or we can stake it. Uh, I mean, the community can decide whatever. And the second reason is, uh, is uh, mesh security. Uh, any project that it's uh, launching their own chain, they need uh, great uh, proof of stake security and the mesh security is offering this. So you can run with your own validators. You can use interchain security from another Cosmos chain, but you can also use mesh security. It's all about making a product as simple as possible. So fast prototyping using Cosm Wasm, and then you are 100% independent on what you want to do. And what, in your experience, what makes it easy to start on Juno? Is there any specific thing? So it depends on the people. Some people want everything perfect, documentation, go there and don't ask anything to anybody. Anytime you need something, you can just go in Discord and you can get in touch to, to the best developers of the ecosystem and they always reply. Like, I never seen someone asking something uh, development-wise and not getting any response. Like, we have all this set of developers that are super skilled and are willing to help. I mean, even for free sometimes. So it's very easy to get all the information you need. You just need to ask, basically. Um, what will brings DAO DAO to Juno when it comes to people launching projects? Yes, the DAO fits perfectly the incubator idea. Because if you think about every project in a blockchain, I mean, if we are really using blockchain on its potential, that means that project is a DAO. 
Otherwise, we are just building companies, right? So if it's a DAO, you also need the, the toolings to manage your DAO. And here comes DAO DAO. DAO DAO is the best DAO tooling in all the crypto, not only Cosmos. I used all the different DAO managing tools on Ethereum, and they are not even close comparable to DAO DAO. DAO DAO is so advanced. It, it has so many features that makes basically the management of the DAO super simple. And also it works very well in the interchain ecosystem because all the recent features that they are uh, publishing, for example, Polyton, you can control all the addresses that you have on other blockchains from one single place. So you want to have some tokens on Osmosis, you can do with your DAO on Juno. You, you just need to do a proposal to manage an account on Osmosis. And so it, it really helps any project to manage the, their own DAO. And um, I think this is great because everybody needs DAO and we have the tooling. If you would start a project on, on Juno, how would you personally use DAO DAO to spin it up and like all the f unique features of Juno? How, how would you do it? So first you need to understand if you need a token or not. If you need a token, then probably you can use uh, the different tools on DAO DAO or uh, still on Juno, but separate from DAO DAO. For example, we have Token Factory that allows you to create uh, your own token with your own parameters. You can configure it. You can decide a distribution and then With that token, you can immediately create a DAO out of it so that you are not the only one taking decisions, but it's the community that you are building. So it needs to be connected to your community. You need to create a token, you need to communicate, you need to somehow distribute and get uh, community support. And as soon as you have all these characteristics, you can also have using DAO DAO, some kind of decentralized governance for your project. And the DAO is allowing you to control also smart contracts. Let's say your idea needs uh, some uh, smart contract deployment. Uh, maybe you need an admin to update this uh, smart contract. On Ethereum, we see very often like admins that are multi-sig or five or six people, but having a DAO controlling a smart contract is way better. There is no single point of failure. You can instantiate new contracts from uh, DAO DAO using the DAO itself as an admin of the contract. So anytime you need an upgrade, you can just do a proposal that only your users can vote on. And uh, so you are in complete control of your product. And you, you start from there, token, DAO, and then you use the DAO to instantiate all these smart contracts and maybe also the front end. Because, you know, DAO can also control accounts on a cache and a cache is able to deploy front-ends or back-end services. So you can you can even deploy a front-end directly from DAO using a cache under the hood. So it's very interesting. And what would be different if you would spin up a project without tokens? If you don't need a token, but you still want somehow to decentralize, like to manage the project in a decentralized way, you only have two options. So first one is what I said before is a multi-sig. Uh, you can create a multi-sig. You can put as many people as you want, but that's not ideal, I think. It's still uh, somehow a little bit centralized in the hands of these few people inside the multi-sig. The other thing that you can do if you don't need a token, you can put the Juno governance as an admin. So the Juno governance is very active. I'm not sure if people like to be bothered on upgrades of, of code and so on. 
but that's totally something you can do. You can, you can use the normal Juno tokens to control your project. I don't know if it's ideal for some project. It might be. Let's say you have something a little bit controversial. You don't want to have any connection. You can ask the Juno governance to upload the contract. And you can ask the Juno governance to be the admin of the contract. I mean, maybe there is a third option that it's deploying without any admin. That means your code is not upgradable. And uh, if there is a security issue, it will say that. And um, when people want to start getting involved in Juno, let's say they are Juno token holders, they participate in governance and they vote for stuff, for proposals, and they want to get involved. What's the best way to, to shape Juno, because you said it's like a community project, basically, right? What would be the first step to get, get involved? So on Juno, we have a particular structure that it's made by sub-DAOs. So the Juno network is managed in different small groups of people that are very specific to different topics. For example, we have the communication sub-DAO that manage the Twitter accounts and all everything that is related to the Juno branding. Or we have also the Juno Growth Fund, that it's a sub-DAO, that its purpose is to give funding to the most interesting projects that wants to build on Juno and get some uh, kind of deals with them. And there are many other sub-DAOs for other topics. So if you want to contribute to, to Juno, just try to understand what are your skills and maybe if you can fit and if you can help any of these sub-DAOs. So let's say you are a great content writer, you can contact the Juno communication sub-DAO manager and, and say, hey, this is my skill. And uh, basically it's kind of uh, applying for a job. That's the most direct way to contribute. And there is also more, uh, I would say, anarchic way to do things. That if you just have an idea, if you want to shape Juno in, in a different way, if you want to change tokenomics, you can just write down a governance proposal draft, post it on the forum, get some feedbacks, maybe engage on Twitter to sponsor your idea a little bit. And then you can just go on chain and um, make the community vote directly. And uh, literally anything can happen in governance. We are working now on a constitutions to have some guidelines so that you cannot post stupid stuff on the governance, but that's open to everyone. So you can literally write whatever you think it's appropriate. And um, that's the direct way to, to shape Juno in, in the way you like. And uh, there is no foundation, there is no central entity that can say, no, this proposal is bad, let's vote no. Mm, there are some people that are uh, influencing on Twitter about it. Of course, it's totally normal, but there is no central entity that have the actual voting power to just broadcast a vote and, uh, you know, veto any proposal. That's not possible on Juno. If a proposal is there, it's very likely that it will be voted directly by the Juno stakers. And would you recommend putting a proposal right away on chain or does it make sense to discuss that somewhere? No, it's better to discuss somewhere. The only problem is that often the people don't care about things that are not on chain. So the discussions that happen before going on chain, it are always a little bit less compared to the to the whole discuss discussions that happen in the seven day voting period. But yes, it's always better to engage before and try to collect as many feedbacks as possible so that when you go on chain, you already scraped uh, 
the majority of the discussions and you have a good answer to everything. So for sure, preparing in advance is better. And let's say, for example, myself, I guess I wouldn't write a proposal for stuff I don't like or think could be better because it's a big thing, I guess, feels like that at least. What other ways are there to, let's say, people have ideas or feedback or want to build something? What would be the, the process before, like doing the big step, like putting up an on-chain proposal to get feedback or like start a process of building something? So with this question, we came back to DAO again. I mean, this is not yet implemented, but it will come. Every single Sabre DAO will have some kind of a comment section or a feedback section where basically anyone can say, hey, you are the Juno communication Sabre DAO, but your English is not perfect and your tweets should be like this or should be like that. You, you can send a message or a comment directly to the Sabre DAO. So if you have some constructive feedback, so you can always send directly to the people that are working on that part of Juno. So this is a more, how to say, constructive way to, to say feedbacks. And the other way is just use the forum and Twitter, basically. Mm -hmm. So provide your feedbacks there and let's see if someone else will, will agree with you or disagree with you. And then you create a discussion. And even if you don't want to post a proposal, if your idea is very good and what you are talking about is very good as well, then it's most likely that someone else will write down the proposal for you and will post it on chain. So it's a very collaborative environment where uh, everyone is welcome and any feedback is very appreciated. And coming from the code side of things, what skills do people need when starting to build something on Juno? So there is space for a variety of developers because, uh, you know, we have uh, smart contract developers then we can have uh, back-end developers and front-end developers and every single use different technologies. So if you already know Rust and uh, you want to take it to the next level by learning also a smart contract framework for Rust, then you can learn Cosm Wasm and uh, it's a very powerful library. You can literally do anything that you can do using regular Cosmos SDK modules. It's super flexible and it's super quick and it's super easy to use. So if you already know Rust, going from Rust to Cosm Wasm, it's actually not that difficult. If you don't know Rust, then it might take some time because Rust have a very step learning curve. So it will take some time, but every single person that learned Rust as a developer they never come back from it, like uh, they love it. And uh, it's such a powerful language and flexible that you just fell in love with it and uh, you start building immediately. So that's for the smart contact part. If you are a backend developer part, you can learn how to use all the APIs that are available from uh, the different full nodes. For example, the RPC endpoints and uh, LCD endpoints and the gRPC. And uh, you can use all these endpoints to maybe scrape the data, build indexers that can be useful for your decentralized application. And uh, you can do this in every single language. Like I saw indexers built with Python. I saw indexers built uh, using Golang and TypeScript. Like you can literally choose the, the language you are most comfortable with. And um, it's it's very needed. Like I saw many times some uh, dApps building and connecting directly to the full nodes. 
and uh, when the DAP uh, start getting a lot of traffic, they are bombarding the, the, the different full nodes of the network, so it's not very scalable. And basically, you need to scale uh, either vertically or horizontally all the uh, nodes of the chain that are maybe often not that light. So it's not ideal. And if you can build an indexer and a caching system on, t- on top of that, your DAP is... I mean, the performance of the DAP will improve drastically. So I think it's very needed. And uh, lastly, for front-end development, there are a lot of uh, TypeScript and JavaScript libraries that you can use. There are also a lot of uh, pre-built components. And I think the most used one is probably React uh, and the Cosmos Kit package. But yeah, as a front-end developer, I think you can adapt to use also there any framework you like. All the TypeScript uh, packages are compatible with any framework. So I think the number of the front-end developers in the space is way less than the smart contract ones. And having a beautiful UI is everything for a project. Like the people see that and they judge the project on the UI. They don't judge the project on the smart contract. The smart contract can be the worst thing ever, they will not notice. So having a good UI and a a great UX is... uh, crucial for a project success. At the same time, if you want to work more at a high level on the front-end libraries, there is still a lot of work to do. And also on the user experience side, we are basically discovering a new world of an ecosystem of interconnected blockchain. And uh, nobody ever tried to address this problem of having an account here and accounts there and a lot of different pieces on different blockchains and put everything together in a, under a good UX is a great challenge. I really encourage front-end developers to step on it and try to make the UX smooth as possible. What do you think where will Juno be like in 10 years? Where could the development go or the division? 10 years, it's a lot of time. Like in crypto, it's like an era, <laughs> probably. I mean, maybe even more. Like if you think about 10 years... I mean, there was only Bitcoin, so it's very difficult to say what Juno will be in 10 years. And uh, I think I have this vision of a network that it's controlled by individuals. So not only addresses, but even understanding who is a person and who is not a person. And I think it can enable all the craziest DAO innovations. Like you can use a DAO for any real world application. So I think maybe we will move on that way where maybe even companies and maybe even um, countries can use the DAO technologies and that we are building to create something better for everybody. Like, I don't know, a voting system that it's really fair and maybe a company that rewards their employees using some kind of DAO structure. So the possibilities are infinite. And we are building the toolings for do that. And uh, in terms of uh, expansion of the network, I want to see as many dApps incubated by Juno so that basically the Juno stakers can just take Juno and get some kind of involvement with the other projects that have been incubated by Juno itself. And um, seeing these networks of independent blockchains that are all incubated by Juno and they are somehow connected to it, And uh, even seeing the Cosmos ecosystem and the interchain ecosystem expanding as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, it's a very basic vision, but I think we are really building the foundation for a better humanity. 
And uh, this is not only on Juno, but in blockchain in general and the crypto ecosystems. So it, it's a great challenge, but I think we can do that. What do you think, what role does IBC play in that? Like, how could that push everything forward? Well, IBC is a base protocol for all these blockchains to communicate with each other. And, you know, it's not just send my tokens here and there. It's more about exchanging information between independent blockchains. So if we came again thinking about countries maybe adopting their own blockchains and uh, companies as well, you can immediately see that there is this need of a trustless and, and permissionless system that allowed the communication between the different blockchains or entities or DAOs. And so IBC, it's the key here. Like you can see IBC as the TCP IP of internet. So IBC for blockchains and TCPIP for internet. I think IBC will be improved. I mean, the development of IBC will never stop. It's already great. There are a lot of different specifications that you can use with IBC. It's not only token transfer. We already see interchange security. We already see NFT transfer. And what you can do with IBC is just a limit of your imagination. So I think we will see IBC growing and uh, enabling any kind of connection between different systems. So maybe let's say you have a voting system on a country and you can IBC your private identity to another DAP that need to do some individual checks. It's just an example. I know not a lot of crypto people like these kind of uh, doxing things, but it's not a real doxing. Maybe it's just a zero knowledge proof. And so the possibilities are unlimited, I guess. Right now you're um, part of Core One, right? Which consists of some of the founders of Juno or like the initial creators, but also other people, I think. And um, where do you see your role in the future of Juno? So um, Core One was started as basically only a multi-sig to manage the treasury. And then we moved out to be more like a driving role for the future of Juno. We helped on shaping the roadmap of Juno. We throw there a lot of ideas. But I think that's not what Core One should do. I think Core One should really only manage the treasury and pay the things for Juno. I know the community really... Sometimes they need some leader that can drive all the, the network to under, you know, a specific roadmap because that simplifies operations so much. But I don't think that's the best. I think the best is to have different sub DAOs with different roles and agree as a community on a roadmap. So I'm still not sure uh, if Core One should stay or not because now the discussions around it are very tricky. And uh, I'm still thinking if uh, we should just disband it and have some kind of uh, community election of the people that should uh, shape the, the general vision of Juno. But I don't know if that's too early or if it's too complicated. So I'm still thinking about it. But I think having the community voting their uh, representatives is just the natural evolution of what we have now, where only some people decide and... Uh, I mean, not on Juno, but in crypto in general, it's very often that there are a very small group of people that are deciding everything and then the community just accept it. And if they want, they invest it. And if they don't want, they dump it. So I think we should move away from that uh, way of doing blockchain to something more fair where everyone can be 
elected and can help on, on shaping all the network under the ideas that came both from the community and from themselves. So I see myself, I'm trying to making all of this possible. I'm now trying to coordinate the different sub-DAOs so they don't work only on their own, but they do also, you know, they collaborate with the other teams. It, it seems something that it's very obvious, but if you don't have someone that do that, nobody will do that. So you still need some coordination. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm also trying to fix all the issues that uh, we had in the past. Maybe one day I will say, hey, community, this is what I want to do. Do you want to elect me along uh, as with other members or not? And then the community decide. Cool. Thanks to me for the updates around Juno and the explanations. And I'm happy to, to talk to you again when we have more new stuff coming up. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.